Hello and welcome to Zoni Living. We're going outdoors and into the high country for two very different activities. Arizona Nordic Village offers cross-country skiing and snowshoeing during winter months. We'll visit for a demonstration at the ski area located in the forest about 15 minutes north of Flagstaff. We'll also have a mini ghost tour in the downtown where U.S. Ghost Adventures lists Flagstaff among the nation's most haunted cities. But first, joining us is Nordic Village ski crew member, Savannah McGee. Hi, I'm Savannah, and we're out here at the Arizona Nordic Village. Um, we've got pass holders and first-time skiers alike out here today. It's been a great winter so far. It looks um, gorgeous yeah, out there. Savannah, it looks gorgeous out there. Yeah, awesome. Um, and you're, you're having one of the best season openings on record. I understand that... January 2023 was the third snowiest January on record. Yep, yeah, we've had um, over 30 inches out here. Um, yeah, our groomers have been working hard to make uh, all that snow, like put it to good use. Um, yeah, we've got a ton of trails open and yeah, the skiing's really excellent right now. It looks excellent. I can't wait to get out there. And I know cross-country skiing is quite a bit different from alpine downhill skiing and so is the gear and standing by we have Anna Brew to offer a demonstration. Yeah we've got Anna out here she's demonstrating on one of our brand new um, skis in our new fleet. Um, Anna's demonstrating the classic style of cross-country skiing um, which is uh, one of the two styles that we offer. Um, Anna's a ski instructor here we offer ski lessons on the weekends um, yeah, and uh, we love having first-timers out here to learn how to ski. So so you have lessons and you take people of all uh, beginners, all levels, beginners and advanced skiers who want to um, have better skills. So what is the trick? Can, can, can you or Anna offer us some tips for how to ski, how to stay upright on those very narrow skis? Yeah, I'll turn that over to Anna to give us a couple quick tips on that. Uh, on how to have a successful first day skiing. Hey, Anna, yeah, you, you look um, like you've been doing this for quite some time. Yeah, I uh, I was a racer from seventh to twelfth grade, so I've been on skis for a while now. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I would say that it's really important to have a good bend in your knee, as most sports like you want a nice athletic stance, um, and your upper body nice and upright and. And just give yourself lots of grace because it's not an easy sport to learn how to do. <laughs> so, so in the lessons, you'll teach how to get back up too, how to fall, how to get back up. <laughs> Absolutely, that's one of the first things we cover. Very good. And so the 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 gears a little bit uh, different too. You work up. I don't know. Is it take takes more energy to do cross country skiing than downhill in in many cases? Yeah, um, downhill uses a lot of like muscle um, when you're going downhill, but in cross-country skiing, we go on flats, we go on downhills, we go on uphill. So there's a lot more energy expended, um, which is one of the reasons why our skis are skinnier and lighter, because we're doing a lot more lifting um, than you are in downhill skiing. And, and the trick is to wear layers, right? So that you can get rid of some of the, the, wear, the, the layers if it gets too warm. Absolutely. I've, I've changed my layers so many times today. In Arizona, for sure, it's, uh, you've got to make sure to have layers on. 
Well, I know Arizona Nordic Village. Well, before we get off of this shot with you, Anna, give us another give us another demonstration what this looks like when you do it right. Pretty. Savannah, if you're standing by, can you tell me what run she's on? Um, yeah, she's just at the um, very beginning uh, Beautiful. of one of our trails. Um, yeah, so if she were to continue up and head this way, um, she'd hop on Babbitt, uh, which is one of our uh, bigger loops um, that's accessible uh, through our trail system. Um, yeah, so this, this is kind of the convergence of our snowshoe trails, our ski trails. Um, yeah, kind of where it all begins. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Babbitt's because uh, Babbitt Ranches owns the Arizona Nordic Village, which not everybody knows. Yeah, that's right. And they teach a recreation, outdoor recreation ethic attitude, which, um, you know, is all about leaving things the way you found them and enjoying the outdoors and, and leaving them nice for the folks who show up next. I know you do yurt to yurt skiing as well. And that's that's one of the fun things about and one of the um, unusual and, and unique things about Arizona Nordic Village. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, so we have um, yurts in the front country and the back country. Um, our back country yurts are accessible by skis or snowshoes only. Um, so you can uh, ski in and ski out of your yurt. We have them uh, varying distance away from the lodge, about one to three miles is kind of kind of the range. So yeah, it's a really awesome way to spend uh, overnight in the backcountry. All of our yurts have wood stoves. Um, so it's a really nice cozy way to be out um, in this Ponderosa forest and a really good way to get comfy on your skis. Um, and yeah, really awesome way to access our uh, space, especially um, on weekends. And yeah, we love having folks stay overnight with us. Boy, it sure looks beautiful out there. And I want to mention that Arizona Nordic Village has all the gear to outfit cross-country skiers and snowshoers. You can rent the gear. I know you have a whole yurt full of the new Rosinol equipment. Yeah, that's right. So we offer um, skis, boots, and poles. Um, a package uh, for skis, boots, and poles, like what Anna has on, um, is going to be $25 per person. So uh, that plus the $25 trail pass um, is just about $50 a person to come out um, and experience uh, skiing with us. That is good for the full day. Um, so folks can come nice and early, uh, get that gear, and yeah, spend a full day out here. Um, yeah, we'll offer discounts for students and seniors. Um, and we just really like to get, uh, especially first timers out here on our rental gear. And Savannah, at the end of the day, skiers are rewarded with uh a bonfire and s'mores and that sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we um, we haven't done as many bonfires this year, but yeah, we have a nice lodge set up, um, lots of hot drinks, lots of folks hanging out, good camaraderie um, in our lodge at the end of the day, especially. Um, a lot of our pass holders really like to um, like show people the ropes and there's good camaraderie out on the trails as well. And no doubt groomers have been working day and night and even through blizzards, I understand, trying to keep up with the snowstorms. But how many um, miles do you have totally? So we have uh, 50 kilometers or 31 miles of trails. Um, and those are all open and accessible right now um, on skis. Uh, yeah, so plenty of trails to come out and experience on your skis. It sounds like so much fun. It looks like so much fun. And I will see you out there on the trails. Thanks, Savannah. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. All right, we'll see you soon. To find out more about Arizona Nordic Village, go to ArizonaNordicVillage.com or read more at FlagstaffBusinessNews.com.
There are a lot of reasons to visit Flagstaff, but a new opportunity reveals the past and some of the residents who continue to show up. For example, a young bellboy at the Monta Vista Hotel continues to stand duty. One of the town's first doctors still goes to his office, and a bride and groom remain united in the afterlife. U.S. Ghost Adventures brings a whole new perspective to Till Death Do We Part. Here to tell us more is tour guide Spencer Phillips from Flagstaff. Hi, Spencer. Hi. So it looks like you're in the Monta Vista Hotel. Yes, I'm in the lobby right now. Okay, fantastic. So that's been around for almost 100 years, and there have been some strange happenings reported there through the years. Can you give us a sample? Give us a sample? Well, you mentioned the bellboy already. Well, um, tell us more about that. I understand John Wayne actually saw this bellboy as well. Yeah, one of the first reportings of any hauntedness in the Monte Vista was John Wayne back in the 1940s, um, staying in room 210 uh, upstairs, which you can actually still stay in. Wow. Um, and then there's yeah, been, that, so what did this bellboy look like? So he was younger. Um, he's, people that have seen his spirit have reported him being on the younger side. Uh, he wears a red suit with brass buckles. Okay, I can just picture him. Yeah. And, and, and what is he? An old time bellboy uniform. Yeah, okay, from the 1940s. So, so what does he do? Does anybody hear him? Is it just sightings? Yeah, he's not, he doesn't sound to be too menacing or anything. Um, reportedly, a lot of people still think that he doesn't even know he's passed, uh, okay. as he seems to be roaming the hallways, still performing his old job. That's um, amazing. And people have also seen him in room 210. So I understand sometimes sightings feel like a tape that's on a loop. It just shows up at the same time every night or the same time that people report it seems to be familiar. Yes, definitely in the darker darker times of the night. <laughs> that's, when, that's when they're typically seen more. And in uh, reoccurring locations. So they seem to stick to a certain location. Okay, well, just down the street from the Monta Vista is another beautiful historic hotel, and that's the Weatherford Hotel. And there's also a particular room there that guests don't stay in anymore. So tell us about room 54. So room 54, unlike room 210 here at the Monte Vista, uh, is not available for people to stay in anymore. Um, the past was so spooky in room 54 over at the Weatherford that it's actually been turned into a storage closet. Oh my um, gosh. And tell us <laughs> what that looks like. What does that spooky sighting look like? Well, there's two stories uh, of what happened in room 54, but they both end tragically. Uh, there was a newlywed couple that was staying here um, soon after you know, that they were wed. Uh, it was during the winter here in Flagstaff, and the husband was reportedly an avid hunter. And while up on the San Francisco peaks, a uh, blizzard, sudden blizzard rolled in, um, very severe. So much so where most of the town folks and his wife um, didn't think he had any chance of making it through. Mm. Um, his wife, heartbroken from this, uh, hung herself. Um, the man came back and found his new bride uh, deceased, and um, he ended his own life there as well. Wow. And so what do people see in that room or what have they reported in the past when they when they used to have guests stay there? Well, people have reported uh, to see this ghostly couple still in the room. Um, people have woken up 
with this ghostly couple at the foot of their bed. Hmm. So um, sitting on the bed, like a depression in the bed. Uh, sitting at the foot of their bed, reportedly. Okay, okay. and then what happens? Uh, and then they'll rise up and fade away into the wall. Okay, <laughs> sounds like a ghost. Yeah, it sounds like a ghost. People <laughs> and then, have reported hearing lots of strange noises in that room as well, and just uh, a cool draft. Um, hmm. Something a little eerie and off about the energy in that room. Okay, that's pretty wild. And you told me also that sometimes in the hotel people will hear whispers or they might hear a woman crying. Yes, uh, people often hear voices or their names even being called upstairs. Wow. And after going upstairs, there's nobody there. Okay. All right. Well, good enough. And then just two doors down is the Raymond building. And tell us mm -hmm. about that. Tell us about Dr. Raymond. Uh, Dr. Raymond was a county position. Um, 1911, uh, he, he started the county position here in Flagstaff. And for almost 50 years, he lived uh, on his house on LaRue next to the Weatherford. Um, this is known as one of the gen, one of the friendlier spirits of Flagstaff. I can just picture uh, it. He was well liked. Um, he was well liked in his life uh, when he was alive and after death. Um, yeah, not too much of a menacing spirit. No, and he was always very well dressed. The folks that have encountered Dr. Raymond over the years, yeah, have uh, have reported a calming um, energy mm. and presence there in the building. Well, you know, I was doing a little research, and uh, Dr. Raymond did so many good things for the community. He donated land for Flagstaff to continue to grow, and he also uh, has given more than, he's created a foundation that has produced more than $5 million in scholarships to students over the years. So it, it makes sense that he might uh, still be around caring for the community and kind of looking over the downtown. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's really, you can't find a bad word about Dr. Raymond. Um, people loved him. He did a lot of good for the community. Uh, reportedly, he never turned down a patient. He treated everyone. Um, he had a garden in the back that he would bring his uh, clients um, fresh vegetables and, and herbs from his garden. You know, I don't know if you've uh, heard this story or not, but one thing that always struck me about Dr. Raymond that I was told was that wherever he went, where there was open land, he would spread out dandelion seeds. And from those seeds would, of course, grow the flowers and the plants. And people could use that to make tea, which would give them some nutrients. And he just wanted to make sure that even the poorest of the residents could, could have this tea. That's, that's a great story. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, yeah, amazing. From the yeah. other stories I've heard about Dr. Raymond, that adds up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've uh, told me that the U.S. Ghost Tours Adventures, U.S. Ghost Adventures offer a 60-minute tour and also a 90-minute walking tour. So tell us some of the other buildings that people might recall where there might be stories of ghosts that you that you would take them to. All tours start at the Flagstaff Championship. stories there. And Along with the Weatherford, the Monte Vista, and Dr. Raymond's house, we stop at the Doris Harper White Playhouse, okay. um, where Theatricos is. We so stop at the library. Um, we stop at the Mulligan House uh, next to the library. All and, very um, interesting old buildings. Also go into the south side, the former red light district, and talk about some of uh, the underground tunnels. Oh, very interesting. One of the more famous stories... Um, ghost stories here at the Monte Vista was from a robbery that went wrong back in the 1970s. Um, 
there was three robbers. Apparently one of them was shot uh, by one of the security guards on the way out of the bank. Anyway, they sought refuge here <laughs> in the Monte Vista Lounge um, after this botched robbery. And uh, this robber that had been shot actually bled to death there um, in a corner of the bar. Um, and since then, people have reported seeing very odd things in that area of the lounge. Okay. Well, um, fascinating. People have heard, heard voices there. They've felt a presence. Um, bartenders have reported drinks and coasters and different things being moved um, in front of them. Um, and the consistent story is when opening the lounge there, people often hear just a good morning or hello. Many people <laughs> think it's from this, um, from this former robber. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. I, I love that the people that hear the most and see the most are um, bartenders, custodians, uh, people that are there when the crowds are mostly not there. You nailed it. Yeah. Especially custodians, janitors um, seem to report the most instances of, you know, any hauntings around Flagstaff, which makes sense in the hours, you know, and they work and being in the quieter um, areas of the hotel and other buildings around here. Very spooky and very fun, fun, fun stories. And so Spencer, I also wanted to point out that this is not your full-time job. What else do you do? Uh, I'm a permaculture design consultant and uh, I do conservation and restoration work as well. Okay, fantastic. And we should point out that it is customary to tip your tour guide on these ghost tours. And that's also a good idea just for good karma, right, Spencer? Well, yeah, if you don't want the hauntings to continue after the tour is over. <laughs> I like that. Uh, a little paranormal insurance to avoid being haunted. Well, thank you so much for the mini yeah. tour. <laughs> I can't guarantee. <laughs> we sure appreciated getting to know you and hearing some of the stories. And I just wanted to point out that you don't have to be into ghosts or looking for adventure necessarily, but people that are history buffs, students and also i understand these tours are popular for bachelorette parties as well yeah you name the crowd and it's probably appropriate for the ghost tour as long as you have an open mind and um, an interest in yeah the history here of flagstaff or even just an admiration of um, these beautiful old buildings fantastic and ticket, yeah, a good time. tickets are on sale for uh is it 25 dollars a ticket yes they're 25 dollars a person fantastic well, Spencer, take good care of yourself and have fun, and uh, we'll, we'll leave you now and catch up with you on a tour. Okay. Thank you, Bonnie. Have a good day. You too. To book your tour, Thanks. go to usghostadventures.com or read more at flagstaffbusinessnews.com. So many unique outdoor adventures in Arizona, no matter what the season. I hope you've been inspired to swoosh through the snow on the trails at Arizona Nordic Village at 8,000 feet, and then learn about the interesting characters and legends of Flagstaff's past on the Ghost Adventure Tour. This is Zoni Living, business, adventure, and leadership. I'm Bonnie Stevens. Mm -hmm.